Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. And here we are again. It's now Thursday morning. The finish line for me, Andrew Bogish, sitting in for Bill Ryder on Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. As well, of course, on the free Odyssey app, Sirius XM Channel 158. We are live this morning, as always, from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket Cam. Third and final time this week for me pretending to be Bill Ryder. He's not back tomorrow. Carrington Harrison is at the moment. Bill scheduled to return on Monday. As always, I appreciate Bill letting me sit in this chair. And even more so, I appreciate Diesel for the third consecutive day finding the respect, strength, however you want to describe it, to actually come to the building and work with me, his arch enemy. Two hours, not enough again this morning to get through everything we need to on this Thursday morning. We're an hour past the deadline, which was not necessary. NFL did not take every last minute to say it was going to appeal Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. That happened yesterday afternoon. We'll get to that in a second, and we'll get to it again in hour number two with Charles Robinson, one of the best NFL writers out there, Yahoo Sports. He has been on this subject all along, and he will help us make sense of the appeal and what's coming next from the NFL and from the union as well. Again, that is in Hour number three. There is other NFL talk this morning, the bungling Arizona Cardinals, and the continually annoying and weird Aaron Rodgers. There is also Liv Golf. There's also Paige Beckers. It's Thursday, so there is MLB power rankings post-trade deadline. Everybody who moved has now is now where they're supposed to be. Hasn't necessarily played for their new team yet, but Juan Soto played last night. And the Padres won 9-1, so we will see where the Padres go inside our top five MLB power rankings coming up to close this hour. But before we do anything else, I've got to point out, and I, I don't know if this is a humble brag or not, but on yesterday's show, near the end, D-Cell, Tom DeCelestino at D-Cell CBS, decided to send me off after I thought a good hour and 45 of companionship and radio show creating um, in a little bit of an anger because he said that he couldn't he couldn't finish Friday Night Lights, the TV show. He and his wife had to walk away from Friday Night Lights. It wasn't doing it for them. I'm not sure that's possible. I'm assuming still that Mrs. Cell is watching this 
on her own. She's just letting Tom have this victory at face value, but is sneaking more episodes of the Taylor family and Matt Saracen, and she will she knows how glorious that show is. But I mentioned how I started a new show, and I couldn't like it more, The Boys on Amazon Prime. And I went home last night. I watched the Mets in the afternoon take a 9 nothing lead into the bottom of the ninth inning and then give up five runs in the bottom of the ninth. Um, basically all of them from their only reliever added before the trade deadline, the basically just above average Michael Givens. They had to use Seth Lugo when they shouldn't have used anybody of importance heading into a five-game, four-day series with these second-place Braves. So I was not in the best of moods around 7 Eastern last night because of that. And I go, you know what? Let me take the edge off. Let me keep watching the boys. I'm episode 7 now in episode 8 of season 1. And I'm sitting there watching it. And again, it's just, the show is, it's such a great idea. It's executed well. It's going along so well. So I pick up my phone, simple tweet that I finally am watching it. It's so good. I'm so mad that I didn't start watching it sooner. And I'm watching, you know, things tick off and tick off. And all of a sudden, and I, listen, I know my role in all of this. I am wholly unimportant. I am off radars, exist in basic obscurity. Every once in a while, I stumble upon a tweet that maybe has got some life to it, gets picked up by somebody, one of these aggregate sites, whatever, and it, and it takes off just a little bit. But these experiences are few and far between. I'm watching this bad boy click off, click off, likes, retweets, likes, retweets, quote tweets, people going, oh, it's just, you're so early, it's it's, getting, it's only going to get better. And I sat down this morning, and the thing was still going. And I say to D-Cell, man, I sent this tweet out yesterday, and it just got to 1,000 likes, which is a lot for me. Since I said that to D-Cell, I don't know, 80 minutes ago, it's gotten another 715 likes. I'm up to 1715. If I click on this little tweet activity tab, impressions, 134,000, nearly 6,000 engagements. I don't live in this world. I don't know what's... I, I, there are some people I think that all of their tweets this happens to. I'm not one of them. I don't understand why this is still going, but... It just continues to fill up my little notification pane here. So if you're tweeting something in about the show, which I would normally see immediately because there's not a lot of them and they stay within sight for a long time, I may not see it today. So I apologize in advance because this tweet will not stop moving. I think there actually is a way to take it out of my feed so I don't see every single like pop up, but I kind of like watching every single like pop up. But if I miss something, I apologize in advance Connect at CBS in a, an important show tweet if you have to because he'll see it because he doesn't watch TV or tweet about it. So no one's got any, no one's making any viral tweets out of Cell's feed. So he will definitely, definitely see it. If you're going to try this, at Andrew Bogish, at CBS on Twitter. Phone lines, of course, always open at 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So here we are. No real surprise from me that the NFL is appealing to Sean Watson's six-game suspension from Sue Robinson. I thought all along they were going to do it. Um, The question now is, where do we end up? Because the league reportedly does want this to be a year-long pseudo-indefinite suspension. So he will not play this year, regular season, postseason, and they would have to ask to be reinstated after that. 
while going through some kind of counseling, training, whatever, to work through what might be very serious issues here. Or a little less than a full-year ban and a big fine, like $10 million, which basically would retroactively take back the salary Deshaun Watson made last year while not playing for the Houston Texans. And in that scenario, there would also be the counseling work as well. Those are apparently the two things the NFL is now after. It appears that there's still room for the NFL and the PA and Watson's people to talk again and find common ground because while the NFL now has 98% of the power, since as we've known all along, this appeal now is either decided by Roger Goodell or somebody he picks, and I'm assuming he would pick somebody who basically agrees with the way he's looking at this, so they're going to get the same outcome as if Goodell was actually doing it himself, which, again, could be a full year suspension. So they've got that to hang over to Sean Watson's head. Watson and the PA have the threat of taking this to federal court. Now, they might not have a lot of success there because no one really has against the NFL. There's been small incremental wins, but at the end of the day, courts either completely stay away from these cases because they believe that they should be settled within the confines of the people involved, since there is a CBA in place here between the NFL and the PA, or they end up ruling with the NFL because on paper, the NFL just has the power and is doing nothing wrong by saying you've got to miss this entire season. So that's a threat from the from the Watson side that could at least bring them back to a conversation that maybe they settle on 12 games, and I say 12 on purpose, and this is a question for Charles Robinson as well, but it appears that the NFL really, really cares about Deshaun Watson not playing through Week 12 because in Week 12, the Browns play in Houston, and they don't want him on the field against the Texans in Houston. So maybe 12 games is the end, and then Week 13, he'd be eligible. We may have those settlement talks here. The problem, though, with all of this, and I I tried to say this in a CBS Sports Minute earlier in the week, and if you hear those bad boys, you have noticed from, I think, months now, they're no longer CBS Sports Minutes. They're like CBS Sports 30 seconds. But there's really only 22 seconds for all of us to get our points across. And some topics require a full CBS Sports Minute. This one probably did. I got some tweets. I guess it was this Monday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon. I guess it was it was Monday after the suspension came down. Anyway, I think either I didn't express myself clearly enough or people misinterpreted what I was, what I was trying to say. But the NFL appealing to Sean Watson's six-game suspension is not a compliment for the NFL. It's not the quote-unquote right thing for the NFL to do. I said in that sportsman, it's not about fair or foul for the, for the suspension. And people took that the wrong way, I think, or I said it the wrong way. My point then and now is that the NFL is not appealing for legal reasons, for technicalities, for the judge did this wrong. They're appealing because they have no other choice because of how bad they are at this situation, at addressing it, handling it, punishing it, talking about it, everything involved with these very delicate matters of domestic violence, sexual assault, gun issues, anything that involves a victim, and in particular, a female victim, the NFL sucks at. 
They only punished Ray Rice because they had to because there was video. We have this set up now where the commissioner half gave up his power but then gets it back on appeal because of how bad they were and how many fights and debates and controversies there were around here, around these conversations and their decisions and their punishments and their protocols and their rules you know, beforehand. We're here because of their ineffectiveness, their ignorance, their straight malpractice. This is their fault. They get no points for this. They get no thanks for this. They get no forgiveness for this. They're appealing this because they have the chance, because of their faults, to pretend that they actually now know how to go about this. Now, if you've been listening, you know that I think that six games is not enough for Deshaun Watson. And I think in a non-legal mind, because that's the only one I've got, is the differentiations that Sue Robinson made in her ruling that got her to six games and not further, they might make sense in courtrooms and they might make sense to judges and lawyers, but they don't make sense to the normal common conversation. I still don't, I still think the nonviolent delineation she made is wrong. Violence is not just punching and kicking and stabbing and shooting. I still think what the way she described what Deshaun Watson did to these women that she believes he did was violent, even though it didn't involve holding someone down, pinning someone down, hitting somebody. No one was left with a black eye or a broken jaw or a concussion. But to me, they were, and to many people, they were still violent. I also don't really understand why Deshaun Watson or anybody else would need, quote, fair warning to know that they shouldn't do this because when Deshaun Watson was doing what he was doing, he wasn't going, you know, I'm going to do this because the most I'm going to get to six game suspension and I can deal with that. As if he would have gone, you know what? I'm not going to be a creep because the punishment is 10 or 12 games or a full season. The punishment was never in his mind. So I don't know why he wins and why the NFL is prevented from going way farther than they ever had before because this also seems to be a man who has gone farther than other people before. Yes, thankfully, there is not a woman physically harmed after this. But emotionally, mentally, professionally, very harmed. So I disagree with a lot of that decision from, again, as much as I can from outside the legal perspective. So I think he deserves more. I don't know if a year is too much, but six is not enough. Eight to 12 has always seemed where I thought this was going to end. So I guess that's where I think it should end. But as the NFL now picks up this fight and is going to put something on top of six games, because if they weren't, they wouldn't be appealing it, they're going to end up maybe getting to the correct finishing point. But they don't deserve any credit for that. They don't deserve any thanks for that. They're not doing this for the right reasons. They're doing it for the wrong reasons. They're doing it because they have so much ground to make up and they have so much to apologize for and they have so many things to try and erase that they have stumbled upon a situation where they can act like the good guy. Like they can act like they're coming to the rescue. You didn't like Sue Robinson's decision. You thought six games wasn't enough. Well, here I come. 
Roger Goodell and my appointee, we're going to make this 12 games. We're going to fine him $10 million. He's gone for the whole year. And maybe we'll let him back in after that one year. You may get what you wanted for Deshaun Watson after all of this, but please don't think the NFL is in any way coming to the rescue. Is some kind of hero all of a sudden has figured out how to handle these situations. They haven't. Which is why, to me, it wasn't an accident that the day after all of this began with Deshaun Watson, we got the Dolphins' punishment. It was a way for the NFL to try to move the conversation a little away from Deshaun Watson, to give a break from getting crushed for that. It's changing topics real quick. Here's Stephen Ross. Here's Sean Payton. Here's Tom Brady. Here's the Dolphins. Draft picks, fines, suspensions. That didn't have to come out on Tuesday. They could have said internally, Deshaun Watson's our focus. Let's take this seriously. We don't need to take draft picks away from the Dolphins today. We can wait a week. We could wait till today or Friday, whatever. But they did the day after just to change the conversation. This is all about optics. This is all about PR. This is all about them trying to look good for the first time in a long time. Don't let them. Don't let them do it. It doesn't, none of this has to be like this. If the league could talk about these problems and this situation better, if they could teach the men in the league to be better, if they had punished people correctly previously, we'd be in a different spot right now. But you don't. I don't. I don't trust them. I don't believe them. I don't think some kind of light has gone on in Manhattan headquarters. That suspension was filed yesterday because it was a PR, a chance at a PR win. We can't give it to them. Even if we're going to agree with what Deshaun Watson's punishment becomes, don't in any way connect it back to somebody figuring it out at NFL headquarters because that's not what's happening here. We'll do much more with this with Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports in hour number two. When we come back, more legal talk, a different lawsuit, this one expected as well. And where it ends, we don't know either. It's Phil Mickelson and 11 other live golfers against the PGA Tour. That's next, Writer Than You, on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I don't know what to say. Heard that 17 times by now, and it still makes me angry. I don't understand it. It makes me not want to fill in for Bill at a protest when he asks. I don't. Peanut butter and jelly is not disgusting. It does not need to be your favorite thing. It's not disgusting. And I feel like that's science indisputable. Speaking of Bill, uh, he's back on Monday, but because he's not here today and Diesel's missing his his leader, his mentor, uh, there is a Bill-esque question, a Bill-themed question in buy or sell, which comes up in hour number two with Diesel. And it's a doozy. And I saw it myself earlier in the week. It scared me. And then I read about it in more detail, and my, my fear was confirmed. So, again, that's how we'll close buy or sell roughly an hour from now. So prepare yourself to maybe literally have your world thrown off its axis. For now, phone lines open, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We're on Twitter, at Andrew Bogish, at DSaleCBS. Greg Caserta has an update in just a second. Charles Robinson, Yahoo Sports, on the show in hour two. MLB Power Rankings coming up. And again, buy or sell with Thomas D. Celestino. But right now, it's the latest on the Live Golf Takeover. Yesterday, Phil Mickelson and a handful of other Live golfers filed an antitrust suit against the PGA Tour. That's on top of the DOJ, don't forget, has already launched an investigation into the PGA Tour to make sure that they are not overreacting, mishandling, doing something wrong, definably wrong, in punishing those who want to play live golf. Now, a couple of nuggets we learned about from the filing is that Phil himself initially had a two-month suspension from the PGA Tour for recruiting players to live golf. And then he and a handful of guys who were the first to go, they have technically two-year bans. That's what's down on paper There's been indefinite suspensions, lifetime bans. We've thrown different adjectives and descriptors around, but they have two-year bans through March of 2024. That's what they're fighting now. And I don't know enough about antitrust laws and whatnot, but it seems like this might be a live golf win. I don't, I just, it seems like the PG Tour has been too angry and too mean and too heavy-handed in this response. And it takes me back to the initial questions of why didn't everyone take this live golf threat more seriously before there really was a live golf tour and figure out how to coexist? Why can't they they be there side-by-side, no major conflicts? We can get rankings points. We can stay in majors. We can play Ryder Cup. We can play President's Cup. And guys that can can go make a you-know-what ton of money on weekends when they're not at the John Deere Classic. The PGA Tour is going to exist no matter what. It's how much of a hit it takes and who's part of it when it exists when we're kind of at a finish line for all of this fighting. 
when we know that this is how it's going to be. Courts have told us certain things, lawyers, agreements, whatever. We know what each major is going to do for eligibility reasons. We know if you can get world golf rankings or not, and whether you can do Ryder Cup, whatever. There's always going to be a PGA Tour. It may look nothing like the way it does now. It may have less stars than live golf. There's going to be a PGA Tour. Do you know what there might not be? And this conversation is sped up this week because a handful of Hall of Famers have brought it up and other important people. The LPGA Tour, because Greg Norman has mentioned that he wants a, a, a women's lib tour. He even wants the idea of playing mixed tournaments. They want to have an, they have their own female tour, and the LPGA is not equipped to survive that. The LPGA, most recently, total for the entire year, purses of $97 million. The current Live Golf Tour this year, paying out a total of $405 million. It's $429 for the PGA, and they've already bumped up by, I think, like almost 50 mil total purses for next year. The LPGA is in real danger if Greg Norman and his friends do this on their side of the sport. There can still the same objections will still be there, but the disparity in money is going to be that much more stark, and it's going to be harder for the LPGA to win on principle when four times, five times, three times the purses are available at Live Golf. And here's something, and I. I've known, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know why it still exists, but the PGA and the LPGA, they still make golfers pay their own way. Travel, expenses, hotels, like you pay for that. I'm sure there's some kind of accounting way where you're not actually paying a bill, whether they just they just take it out of what your winnings are for that weekend. But that still technically is the way it goes. You got to get yourself there every weekend. You've got to pay for hotels. You've got You've got your caddy with you, whatever. That's all on you. Live Golf doesn't do that either. So on top of paying you more to play and win, they're actually paying for you to play and then win more by playing. And the PGA has the ability to fight off a lot of this. And maybe we're at the end of the current group of stars leaving for Live Golf. We might be at the end of that right now. But when they come for women's golf, the LPGA might be helpless. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Since I'm here and Erica Herskowitz is not here, someone's got to do updates this morning. And that means Greg Caserta is here. Now, Greg and I have known each other for a long time. Didn't know this for the, for the beginning of our relationship, but now it might be the bedrock of our relationship. Uh, Greg and I are avid Dave Matthews Band fans. We have spent the last two Februaries seeing as, as Diesel rolls his eyes. Because why would Diesel enjoy anything? Um, I have to do a podcast for the DA show soon about my love for Dave Matthews Band. It's a long story. Here it is short. But it was described today as me chronicling the rise and fall of Dave Matthews Band. And I said to DA... Where's the fall? Who's who's doing the podcast to explain the fall to I, me? What do I, I missed do? the memo on the fall. Yeah. Selling out amphitheaters I, summer after summer. Yeah. Where's the fall? I don't know. 
I don't know. I'll sign up to do that one. I'll do the fall. Please. I would I would welcome some kind of thesis, book report. You got it. You want to give me some like a visual presentation? You tell me where the fall is. You got it. That could I be will... the name of D-Cell's podcast, The Fall. <laughs> I will give you that report on your desk whenever you want it. I want it by Monday. You know what they're going to point to? They're going to point to the fact that there hasn't been a chart-topping single in 20 years. Yeah, but then I'll point out that Aerosmith's only number one hit was the stupid song from the spaceship right. with Ben Affleck. Yes, but not everybody bothers me and tells me how great Aerosmith is and goes to every single one of their concerts. Well, because we're not 60. If you go up the stairs to the classic rock station, you might have those people around. Yeah, Scott there. Shannon will tell you how great they are. Yeah. And I don't walk in here, put it in your face every day. Yeah, there, how many people here besides me and Bogish like Dave Matthews? Well, Tom D. Benedetto, who's no He's gone, longer doesn't count. works in this office. I mean, when the when the two of you, you and, and Tom, used to team up to tell me how great they were, I can't stand it. I <laughs> don't even mind. His, I don't even mind his music that much. Do I like it? No, but I don't have to pick on him until the two of you tell me how great their music is but you act as if we just walk around singing right. songs and telling how great it is usually it's a reaction to us having a conversation somebody inserting themselves telling us we're wasting our time and mm -hmm. emotions and then we have to defend because you're going to this concert that concert right. traveling the concert. traveling there like in the enough, meantime enough. when i brought this up a few weeks ago to you i go well have you ever seen them live and he goes no yeah what am I missing? I don't need what to see you live. I'm not like even going to go into the shows. I'm be like, all right, hockey's stupid. Well, have you ever been to a hockey game live? No. Well, then your opinion doesn't matter. And I. That's why I think if you went to one show, and I said this to you a while back, it would change your mind. Not that you would become a fan, but you'd understand why Andrew and I are yeah. the way we are. I think, I don't know what it's called anymore. I know it is PNC Vanguard Center. I think that's nearish to you in New Jersey, and I know you don't like to leave New Jersey for fun things. <laughs> this is correct. So I'll come get you. We'll go there. We'll hang out in the parking yeah. lot, do I'll, some tailgate. We'll have some fun. We'll go inside. You're gonna you're gonna love it. I feel like I'm I'm too far committed. I'm too far gone. I just want you guys to stop talking about how great they are. <laughs> here's a here's a here, today is the perfect example. It was not gonna come up in any public way until Da said the rise and fall, and my ears went up. Because D.A. knows what he's talking about. It, it's a he long doesn't. time ago, no. guys. Move on. Move on from Dave Matthews' band. No. Enough. No. <laughs> Just... How's your new Linkin Park or Incubus? I forget who your favorite band is. Uh, they haven't made new music in a while. Yeah. Who's I... that? Who's your favorite? Uh, Linkin Park. Linkin Park. Okay. I really like Incubus. That's a good choice. They're be they're actually a PNC. Let's go to that show. He's going to go, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going. Who yeah. are they playing with? That I don't know. Because this is the new thing now. It's one of those, like, three-band artist shows yep. that's all-encompassing. Weezer's doing it right now. Yeah. 311 does it every summer. Yep. And then you get the older bands that do it, like Ario Speedwagon right. and... Dave Matthews Band. No, uh -huh. no. Dave actually plays by himself and sells yeah. out more than those three or four bands. He doesn't need an opener, Tom. Yeah. Good try, though. <laughs> Good effort. <laughs> Fail again. Now, I don't know, uh, Greg, if you have this because it happened while we were sitting here. Okay. Uh, but Pro Football Talk says Roger Goodell is yes. not going to hear 
Um, so I'll shut up and Greg can give you the details <laughs> in your CBS Sports Radio update. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Back with you on this Thursday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Andrew Bogish in for Bill Ryder. It is Writer Than You, again, on CBS Sports Radio. On the free Odyssey app, Sirius XM, channel 158. You've got phone calls at 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. At Andrew Bogish, at CBS on Twitter. Before the break, Greg Kasserta's update, he began with Brittany Griner recommendation from Russian prosecutors of a nine and a half year prison sentence. Now, I wanted to bring that up very quickly here just to expand on that because every time Brittany Griner's back in the news, there are a handful, I don't think a lot, but a noticeable amount of like, don't break the laws in another country and shoulder shrugs. Why should we help her? Why does Biden or anybody else care about this? She did that. Why? You know, she's got to pay the price. But what those shoulder shrugs and those dismissive sentences forget is that this is not just simply an American citizen broke a Russian law and is in trouble in the Russian law system. That nine and a half year prison sentence is not what anyone else would get for what she did. We're talking like maybe a couple of months in jail still would be terrible, but a couple of months in jail, a fine, and then they would kick you out of Russia. They would not have dragged you in front of cameras, made a big deal of any of this, and then recommended a nine and a half year prison sentence. They're not doing any of this just to honor their legal system. They know they have a WNBA star who has value to the public here, and they're trying to win some kind of battle with our government. That's why it matters. That's why she needs help. That's why powerful people are involved in trying to solve this and get her back home because yes did she break a rule technically a law she did should you get forgiveness complete forgiveness for maybe an accident maybe not but the punishment doesn't fit the crime the punishment is about who she is and what kind of issues it can cause back here that's why that punishment exists and that's why people of importance need to help her So you don't have to believe what she believes. You don't have to approve of her lifestyle, although you should. You can hold certain things against her if you want, but understand that this is not the normal course of business, and that's why people need to intervene, and that's why people are pissed that she's not home already, and that's why she needs to be home as soon as possible and why she is going to be hopefully involved in a high-profile prisoner swap to make it happen. 
and that's probably the end game from the other perspective is they get a guy back in their borders who they've wanted back there for a while. That's the serious stuff. Here's the not serious stuff. It's time for MLB Power Rankings. Some will rise. Others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's MLB Power Rankings. Number five. Number five is the number two team in the National League East, the Atlanta Braves. Rysel Iglesias is now in their bullpen. Jake Odorizzi helps their rotation. Austin Riley might be the best hitter in the National League right now, having a remarkable season at third base. A lot of young pitching talent. And, oh, by the way, they won the World Series last year. And Ozzy Albies is back soon-ish for the Braves at second base. Yes, they're playing from behind against the Mets right now in the NL East, but they're about to play five times for the next four days in New York. The NL East could be very different come Monday morning. I have thought all along this season that the Braves were better than the Mets. The standings don't show that just yet, but on a personal standpoint, I'm afraid they are going to show that when we get to Monday. Number four. My guess is, had I done these last week, this would be my biggest mover from a week ago. The San Diego Padres, number four, and that's mostly off of adding Juan Soto. But don't forget Josh Hader, and don't forget Brandon Drury, who they got from the Reds. And on the first pitch he saw last night as a Padre, he hit a grand slam as they destroyed the Rockies 9-1. I don't think they can catch the Dodgers in the NL West. The math just isn't there, even with two months left. But with Tatis Jr. coming back and now Soto batting second and playing right field every day, maybe the Padres are going to look like the best team in the NL at some point soon. Number three. The Houston Astros. Had a good deadline themselves. Christian Vasquez, Trey Mancini took a flyer on Will Smith out of the Braves bullpen, giving them Jake Odorizzi. Astros were already good. They're better now post-trade deadline. And if it wasn't for the Yankees... They'd be the best team in the American League right now. Number two is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Makes them number one in the National League. They've been red hot. It looked like maybe the West would be somewhat of a race all the way to the finish line. And the Padres may have a great two months. But I can't imagine the Dodgers having a bad enough two months that 11 and a half games gets anywhere close to dicey, sketchy, flimsy, whatever. They are 70 and 33. They have a run differential, and I like that stat more than others, but to me, it just it tells you how good a team actually is. Usually, run differential lines up really well with the teams that I think are good or bad, and the Dodgers are plus 205. Plus 205, the next best National League number, the Mets are plus 98 atop the NL East, and Minus a bullpen meltdown last night, they'd be plus 103, which is still basically half of the Dodger number. Now, the Yankees are plus 210. I wonder where they're going to be in power rankings. Number one. Hate to say it. Wish I could make the argument based just on their head-to-head that the Astros are better. I do think the Astros, better or not, just know how to beat the Yankees. But the Yankees are 17-35 with that plus 210 run differential. Aaron Judge, if he's not facing Max Scherzer, just hits home runs. 
Anthony Rizzo's got 24-25 long balls. Matt Carpenter's gone back to being Matt Carpenter. Now, Garrett Cole got rocked yesterday, but the Yankees also addressed all of the things they needed to address before the trade deadline and didn't give up any of their main line prospects, guys who may come up and help them at the big league level before this season is over. Good job by Cashman on top of a great job by his players all season long. The Yankees, as I'm assuming they've been for a while now on Bill's list, are my number one. Honorable mention. The aforementioned Mets, you might have them at number five. This might be me. Hard feelings. Didn't love trade deadline day from Billy Epler, their GM. Didn't really like or agree or understand all of his logic. It's one thing to protect the future, but sometimes only the present matters. And you can't, no matter how good you think you are, no matter how strong your future planning is, the Mets this season are just now getting Jacob DeGrom back. Max Scherzer has, I don't, you know, there's there's something coming soon for an aging Max Scherzer. They've got free agents after this season. They've been very lucky position player-wise on the injury front this year. That could change at any second. So, yeah, protecting prospects, protecting the future, that's great. But this Mets team deserved a little more aggression at this deadline to get them the help they needed to fight off the Braves, Padres, and Dodgers in the NL. It didn't come, but still, this is a really good team. Again, first place by two and a half games in that NL East. Here's your participation trophy. Phillies ain't winning the NL East, but they're certainly right in the middle of the wild card chase, and they did a good job this week. David Robertson to close. They have not had a center fielder for a long time, so they got Brandon Marsh in an odd deal with the Angels, and they took a swing on Noah Syndergaard as well. So I think a good job by the Phillies front office. We'll see how it does and plays out when we get to the end of September and October. Better luck next time. Yeah, so the White Sox. They've had their manager dozing off in the dugout. They're a disappointing 53-51 and 51 right now. Now, they're in third place in the Central, but they're only two games behind the Twins, so winning the division is a thing. But here's one differential again. They're 10-under run differential. They've been outscored by 10 runs this year. They're just not as good as they're supposed to be, and they didn't do anything at the deadline. At least my Mets got some guys... The Mets are technically better post-deadline. I just wanted them to be more better, if that's good English. The White Sox made a trade for a lefty reliever, giving up a backup catcher. Fine, but that roster, that situation deserved a mini face with the deadline, and it didn't happen. So it appears that 2022 is not it for the White Sox. Maybe next year will be. At least you tried. I got to give the Twins some love. On top of that AL Central, by a game over Cleveland, by two over the White Sox, I don't think it ends up mattering when push comes to shove in October. But the Rays went out there. I mean, the Twins went out there, and they got Trevor Malley for their rotation, and they got Jorge Lopez for their bullpen. And again, that's all you can ask for for your GM. Identify needs. Don't go crazy with the price tag. And get some guys in that can help. And now, you know, Malley's not Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas, who's a Yankee. But he's got one of the best fastballs, some of the best stuff in the game. His ERA is a little shaky, but he was pitching in Cincinnati. I believe his road ERA is well under four, so it balances out some issues at home and is not any longer pitching in Great American Ballpark. So that's going to help the Twins. And Lopez was an all-star. So the Twins, again, they're not the Yankees. They're not the Astros. 
they might not even be the Mariners right now who got Luis Castillo, but at, as the fancy voice guy said, at least they tried. So there are your MLB power rankings for this week. Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, Padres, Braves, one through five for me, uh, with some added love for the Mets, Phillies, and Twins, and a see you next time for the Chicago White Sox. So the big news this morning, reportedly, Roger Goodell is not going to hear Deshaun Watson, the appeal of Deshaun Watson's suspension by the NFL. He's going to pick someone, according to Pro Football Talk, from outside league headquarters. Now, I'm assuming that's to give us the idea that this is another kind of independent person. But can you imagine Roger Goodell in the NFL picking someone who does not share the same thought process on a Deshaun Watson punishment? I can't. So the commissioner may be technically wiping his hands of this call, but he's not picking somebody who he doesn't know can help him. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227 is the phone number. Get us on Twitter, at Andrew Bogish, at CBS. We're back on the Watson appeal front. The league had to do it, not giving them any credit for doing it. And we'll see where we end up after that appeal is heard by somebody. We'll talk about all of that with Charles Robinson, one of the best in the business covering the NFL at Yahoo Sports. He's next. Hour two, writer than you on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.